If you like the show, share it with a friend. You can find us at facebook.com slash show, and you can see us on the web at www.tracktuned.com. And be sure to leave us reviews and ratings on iTunes. Welcome, everybody, to Slip Angle Show. I'm Austin Cabot, and I am here live at the 2015 SEMA Show, and we are in the Mazda booth with professional driver Sam Barnett. How's it going, Sam? It's going great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. You made a splash recently, how you've kind of gotten into the ranks of professional driving. Well, one could say I've had a bit of an unconventional method of getting to pro racing. And that's why, that's why we wanted to have you on the show so much, because there's a lot of people that I think can learn from, from your experiences and can probably be an inspiration for them. So recently, you had the opportunity to drive a, well, essentially have a paid ride by a band. Uh, I drove an Aspec Miata at Charlotte Motor Speedway. The band, The Offspring, supported that car. We put the name of their new album on the front bumper. That got a ton of exposure. It got over 128,000 views <laughs> on their Facebook page. It was on their Twitter page, their Instagram. Nothing they'd ever uh, dealt with before with racing, but it certainly got their attention. Yeah. Now, how'd you come up with that idea? I mean, it seems so far-fetched that, you know, a band would want to sponsor a Spec Miata, but you made it happen. What were, the, what were the steps, and how did you even get the idea? It actually didn't start as an idea to race. I'm just really into racing, and I'm really into rock music. Right. And I travel a lot going to concerts of bands that I love, and one of my favorite bands is The Offspring. I flew out to L.A. to see them in concert. I skipped my race at Road Atlanta to do it, and I've always wanted to meet the lead singer, who's a very, very unique person, very intelligent, got a doctorate in microbiology, flown around the world in an airplane solo, owns a hot sauce brand. That's the kind of person that I want to meet, yeah. kind of out-of-the-box <laughs> thinker. And I decided while I was there that I was going to try to meet him, and I didn't know how to do it, so I reached out to K-Rock, the local radio station in L.A., and said, here's my story. Came across the country solo just to see this band, and I wanted to meet the lead singer. And luckily, DJ, actually uh, here at the SEMA show this week, I spent some time with him yesterday, Jay Tillis, also known as Lightning at K-Rock. Car guy I thought was very interesting, and he goes, I just happened to have the phone number of the band manager. Why don't you text him? He's expecting your call <laughs> and I got to meet uh, Dexter Holland who's the lead singer yeah. that night and it was amazingly exciting awesome had the time of my life and I didn't want it to end so I kept thinking of ways I could continue contact uh, that might be interesting but it's pretty hard to impress people and that level of fame and I came with this idea my home race at Charlotte Motor Speedway wanted to make it interesting and I was like you know what I was just watching some bump drafting video from my last race how cool would that be if I put coming for you on the front bumper? It's very appropriate, right? It got their attention, like I said. Hopefully going to put something together in one form or another with some people involved in that organization. Awesome. For our listeners to kind of understand better, how did you get your start driving? You know, like when did you start driving on track or racing or I guess performance driving related? What's different about my situation is I was not raised with access to go-karts or any sort of funding from my parents. I was raised with, you're not doing that. If you want to do it when you're 18 years old, pay for it yourself. But it's too dangerous and it's too expensive. Yeah. They were definitely right about the expensive. <laughs> but 
I had to be creative and find a way to do it. 18 years old, I was in college, so there's nothing I could do there. But as soon as I graduated, I said, I'm going to move to Charlotte. That's where the racing is. And I found a way to get into a car. But it was later for me. Uh, a lot of people think you got to be five years old in a cart to make this deal work. I was 26 wow. before I even sat in a race car. And you know, with the determination, I, I worked in the real estate business. And the driving force behind my success in the real estate business has literally been to make racing accessible to me. Right. And so I kind of made my own money to do that. And, and I, I don't know that I would be very successful in business if I didn't have the <laughs> racing. People say racing costs a fortune. Uh, but I say that all the money I have, I owe to racing because it's what gives me the drive to work. Yeah. I think, I think there's other people that are in a, a similar situation, you know, but they don't know exactly how to get to where you're at now. So where... You know, where did the transition come from when you started, you know, at 26, started sitting in race cars and driving race cars to where you are now? Kind of take us on, on a journey there a little bit uh, through those steps. I had these dreams that I was going to drive these super expensive, high horsepower cars, and that's what it was going to take to have fun. And I heard about this thing, Spec Miata, every time I was at the racetrack. I was like, what's the deal with these things? They're slow little cars. It's got to be so boring to drive one of those. So I had no interest in that. And then I had a more expensive car that I was tracking, and I wrecked that. And I was like, wow, that spec Miata sure sounds a little more attractive <laughs> a, now yeah, that I just got a lot the better, bill. Right? <laughs> That's a, about a year's worth of a spec Miata racing that I just left at the turn 10 tire yeah. wall at VIR. Yeah. So I went to a, a local spec Miata shop to check it out, and, and I was just intrigued. Wow, these people are really, really into this. This must be a ton of fun. Yeah. So I gave it a shot, and uh, the first time I ever saw one of those Miatas, I was like, wow, this is really fun. Yeah. And so I, a little bit more time went by, and uh, I built a spec Miata with my friend literally in my garage. He fabricated okay. the cage in my garage. Do you like an I, NA or an NB? Or? It was an NA. It was, an, okay. it was a 1990. Okay, uh, just 1.6. put every nut and bolt on that car. And Mazda I, makes it pretty easy to build a spec Miata, don't oh, they? Oh, I so, mean, it's a lot of work, but all the parts are very accessible. I'd never done anything on a car before of any significance, <laughs> and, and I was able to build it myself with just a couple suggestions from some people. And, it, and, and I took that thing and... and ran it as hard as I could for a couple seasons and I was like man this is absolutely amazing and what was really cool about that is the only reason that I was able to race wheel to wheel was because Mazda had made it so attainable with their Mazda Motorsports program. As far as I can see there's no correlation between the money you spend and the fun you can have in a race car. If anything right. it's inversely related. <laughs> right. The cheaper the better because you don't worry about it. Take more chances. You know I've, I've had some Miatas myself and what I have always enjoyed about the Miata is that it seems to be greater than the sum of its parts. If you look at it on paper you're like no nah, that can't be any good and you know I got to drive an ND recently and on paper it looks okay but actually getting in it and driving it has been absolutely amazing. Have you gotten to drive an Indy on track at all? I have not in race trim, right, right. Uh, in street form. I was fortunate enough at my Charlotte Motor Speedway race a few months ago. My local dealer, Keffer Mazda, supplied two NDs for me to take people out for rides, and uh, everyone had a good time, especially my good friend, Monica, whose boyfriend proposed to her while sitting in the ND in Victory Lane. Oh, really? Wow. Is there a video of that? There is. Okay. You're going to have to send me over the, uh, the link for that. I will do that. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. You know, as far as far as uh, what you have going on recently, I know you've raced a little bit with IMSA and, and things like that. You want to share some of those experiences, uh, you know, like what seasons and, and who you who you drove with? In 2011, I was fortunate enough to be partnered up with Mod Space uh, with Freedom Autosport, and they put me in the uh, Mazda Speed 3. So I did a number of races in, in 2011. They also put me in an MX-5 Cup car with CJ Wilson Racing Awesome. Uh, the next year. And then I've had a couple one-offs here or there, uh, most recent one. 
I, I got a call last second for this year, actually, a couple weeks ago at Road Atlanta. Oh, nice. And I drove with McCombie Macular Racing. And okay. what, what an amazing team that was. That was one of the best experiences I've ever had racing any kind of car. And that, that series, the MX-5 Cup, is absolutely amazingly run. It, it is so much fun. Yeah. Uh, it really is. I mean, it was raining, and we were all having a blast, and everyone's just really close. And I'm very excited because, as you know, the ND is out. Mm -hmm. And it is the car for 2016 in the Global MX-5 Cup. Right. And right now, every bit of effort in racing I'm doing right now is to work into finding myself in a Global MX-5 Cup car in 2016. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, Mazda had, I was out at, uh, at Miata's at Mazda Raceway a couple weeks ago, and they had the one car out as a, as a pace car, essentially, and that thing was awesome. You know, I saw it at, at a, an expo in, in Charlotte in February and got to look at it up close, and it's just a phenomenal package. It really is. So I, I'm really interested to see what that, what that series does. They've really refined it. Just running the NC this year, actually kind of cool to run the last race of the NC MX-5 Cup car. That car is fantastic as it is, and yeah. the ND is just another level. My understanding is they've already pre-sold upwards of 80 cars and wow. uh, that series is going to be the is that series just in the watch. states or is that or is that all over you know i'm not sure i think some people are buying them for track day cars and stuff okay. i don't know that they're going to have every single one of those cars on mx5 cup but i can tell you right now that that's going to be a big field next year and it's going to be really competitive yeah yeah i'm really looking forward to to watching to see what that series becomes well for the global Mazda MX-5 Cup for 2016, it's going to be it's all, all driver skill. skill yeah. Everything is spec on that car, yeah. and it's going to be very, very difficult to get any sort of mechanical advantage. It's going to come down to driver skill for sure, and it's going to be absolutely incredible, and I really hope to be able to be a part of it. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a very interesting program. Like I said, I can't wait to see to see what it becomes. Now, going back, there's I guess there's a little bit of a gap there between what we talked about with your spec Miata driving and then being able to jump in and, and start driving with mod space and stuff like that with the Mazda Speed 3. Kind of walk us through that transition time in between there like how did how did that come about pretty much you know, people can call it luck whenever someone gets into a pro ride but a lot of times you have to make your own luck i i work things a little backwards with racing i've found that working towards the business side of things ends up paying off more than just the racing side of things because you can become the fastest driver ever and that doesn't guarantee you anything there's tons of tons of good drivers there's out there. tons of super fast drivers out there yeah. that don't have rides but you know, racing is a business, and the sooner you understand that, the sooner you're going to have success with it. I was fortunate enough to have owned a company and, and had to understand how business works, how marketing works, return on investment, and, and that was very valuable to me. I never would have seen it like that, but that's probably the most important lesson I could have gotten is how to understand making other people money, making other people successful. Step one is not let's go racing. That's right. like step two. 50. Yeah. Step one is how can I help other people using a motorsports marketing program? Right. And you just have to get creative. And I got creative and I talked to you know, a couple different partners that I've worked with and, and I've given them some, some great returns. Some of those are motorsports companies. Some of them aren't motorsports companies, but that is really what it's come down to. And whenever anybody asks me, you know, how have you been successful with this? You know, I'm by no means the most successful race car driver of all time. I don't claim to be. I don't claim to be the fastest person to walk the earth. But what I try to tell people, and try to tell partners is I'm the best when it comes to giving you a return on your investment and making you believe in motorsports, having fun with it, and making it work for your business. And right. that's the difference that I found works. Right. Now, going through all of that, I know there were probably some missteps there. Is there anything that you want to share with us that you wish that you would have done differently 
Honestly, I think uh, when I had my first spec Miata, I spent a little more money building it than I would have if I had bought another, uh, bought a, a used right. car. Yeah, from it's always else. always cheaper to buy a, different, a, a used race car than to build one. It is. So I go back and forth on that because sometimes I think, well, the amount of knowledge that I got building that car, though it cost me more, it might have been worth it. So right, you know, that's about it. I mean, I've also had to learn sometimes the hard way a little bit about the politics of racing, and, yeah. and probably the biggest thing I learned is you always need to think before you speak and understand what you say to one person, how it can affect other people. You know, luckily I've been pretty successful with it, but, you know, a couple of missteps here or there. Yeah. Um, but this is a small world yeah, it, uh, of, it of really racing, is. And, and it's very important to, you know, your worst enemy, your best friend, you need to treat them well because your worst enemy could end up being your teammate in a year. Yeah. <laughs> so treat everyone like you, you want to be treated. Yeah. Yeah, and, you don't uh, you don't want to go burning bridges. No, 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 no. There's 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 too small of a world here to be doing that. And it's been really fantastic over the years of racing is to come to find out that people in this type of racing really are so genuine. It's it's a tight family, and especially in in the, in the Mazda camp, I'm a little biased, obviously. Yeah. You know, it's an interesting statistic that Mazdas account for two percent of all the vehicles sold in America, but sixty percent of all the road race vehicles. And I just think that's absolutely mind boggling. But if you watch. How they treat people, how they organize things—it's pretty obvious why. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, my fiance, actually, we bought her a CX-5 uh, last year, uh, and that thing's just been a phenomenal little car. You know, even for for a car that wasn't really designed to be driven on a racetrack. I mean, I, I took it to Deals Gap for a rally with some some other vehicles, and there are a lot of people that couldn't keep up. You know, it's a great little car. So even all the way from the cars that they mean to design to be driven on a racetrack, all the way to the cars that they really don't ever intend to be on a racetrack. I mean, that that Mazda DNA just kind of leads through they do say that inside every mazda vehicle is the soul of a sports car (laughs) i found that to be true that cx5 is fantastic cx9 is going to be coming out with a redesign and it's really nice that you know we're representing the mazda brand and and it's really easy to believe in it because their entire fleet is is fantastic now yeah yeah i'm really interested to see that new cx3 it's uh, a little bit tinier a little bit more compact kind of want to see what where that goes Uh, i saw some rumors too that there might be a new rx coming out as well uh, which I think those rumors have been out for quite a while, though. So <laughs> yeah, the RX Vision concept that they uh, that Mazda released a little while ago—it's a really cool-looking concept. And yeah. I've been a huge fan of the RX-7, especially you know the FD, the third-gen, you know, 93 to 95 in the U.S. car. And and if that car came out today, it would look modern. It's hard to believe that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for back in back in the 90s, I mean, that was the car to have. You know, there were some others, but that to me was always the best-looking one among its competitors. So and it it drives really nice, uh, makes tons of power, and even today, you know, it's still a very popular car. What the first one came out in what '93, so we're talking 22 now, and it's still still modern. That's quite amazing. Uh, one thing that uh, I kind of wanted to touch on a little bit was the ND with the the new Global Cup cars. How close they actually are to a street car. You know, I mean, most of the most of the drivetrain is is very I don't want to say stock, but it's uh, well, I guess it it really is stock. But the cars, it's almost like a, a mod- modern interpretation of a, a spec Miata. It's quite quite interesting. What's your take on taking a street slash track car Miata to the track? What would you do if you were given an ND, not to quite turn into a race car, but to turn into a, a track car? Uh, what, what would you do first, I guess? I gotta say that the way the ND comes is so great, there's not a whole lot you have to do. But if I was gonna get a street car that's an ND and put it on the racetrack, the first thing I would do would be to drive it up to Long Road Racing in Stasel, North Carolina, and have them put a cage in and make it race ready because I couldn't make it perform like it does for anywhere near that that price. I mean, yeah. it, it's the greatest value in, in sports 
sports car racing. I, I wouldn't even try to do it because, you know, those guys, you know, Glenn Long, Elena Long, Tom Long, Chris Long, they've been great friends of mine for, for many years, and they've got this fine-tuned to a well-oiled machine. I wouldn't even attempt to try it because they have got what I consider perfection. You've got a, a spec stock, actually, engine, transmission, diff, they're all sealed. They've got that thing spec down to the to the oils, and how nice is that, that you don't have to go out testing 15 different motor oils yeah. on the dyno and... and uh, Just all set up now and, and driver skill. It is. I mean, it's, it's so inexpensive when you compare it to that. I mean, there's people spending more than that on their spec Miatas, and, and what MX-5 Cup for next year, Global MX-5 Cup, has become, it's really the best value. It, you're going to be able to get parts at the track. The way I look at it is the Global MX-5 Cup is what Spec Miata would have been if we had all the knowledge from now. And fa- Spec Miata is fantastic, don't get me wrong. That's My heart will always be with Spec Miata until the day I die. But we have had so many years of understanding how to keep costs down and everything else, and we just got the opportunity to start from scratch, and we know so much more. And now this is really going to become the, the road racing series that every other road racing series is going to be measured against yeah yeah i mean mazda does just a phenomenal job with everything that they do so it's always been one of my one of my favorite brands and so it's only fitting that we're here in the mazda booth well this is probably i may be a little biased but i would say that this is the most beautiful booth at sema it is i mean it's it's very it's very minimalist but it really showcases the vehicles just like the mx5 yep greater than the sum of its parts absolutely (laughs) well awesome well, we appreciate your time, Sam. Uh, where can people find out more about you, keep up with you know, how things are going, all your social media, stuff like that? Uh, you can find me, Sam Barnett Racing, on Facebook. Awesome. Well, we really appreciate your time. Appreciate it. Thanks so much.